it's okay not to be profitable day one. That being said, you do need to be profitable on each individual sale that you make. Yes. Um, LTV as- CAC ratio. <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> but as long as you reinvest it into your business, then right. it can be a positive thing. Welcome to the Founders Couch. This is a show about Stanford student founders and their intrepid journeys of starting their own thing. I'm your host, Katherine Jang. Not going to lie, this episode today feels a little strange for me because we'll be talking to one of my TAs, Caitlin Albertoli. Caitlin is an international relations and psychology senior here at Stanford who hails from San Clemente, California. She's a TA for CEE 246, venture creation for the real economy, and co-founder and CEO of Buzz Solutions, a software analytics company which analyzes data collected by drones in order to provide predictive analytics to utilities. Caitlin started the company out of CE246 her sophomore year, and in the past two years has grown the company to several pilot programs in both the U.S. and Canada. Now I can't wait to dive into this and learn about how Caitlin came to found Buzz Solutions and her journey thus far. So let's get Caitlin on the couch. How's it going, Caitlin? Going really well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on the show today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. So first off, how's your life? How's everything going so far? It's going really well. Today is the last day of my senior year of classes. Crazy. Yeah, the time's gone by really fast, so I'm excited to finally be at the end, but it's bittersweet too. Which class did you have today? I had my last Spanish class, um, which I think I passed, so that's really great. (laughs) Um, Sleep and Dreams and German 88. Those two classes seem... Like really fun classes definitely to like take senior year definitely really interesting so can you tell me a little bit more about like where you're from you said you're from san clemente california how was that growing up awesome it's um a beach town in orange county okay Um, and so i love it was a very beachy girl growing up so um, got the tan and everything definitely (laughs) (laughs) so i've already explained to listeners kind of in general what your company does but if you could in your own words explain what bus solutions does Yeah, for sure. So Buzz Solutions does software analytics for drone inspections. Um, We use drone service providers, which are large companies that will conduct their own drone inspections. And then we partner with them to do all the analytics. So we can tell you where and when a power line is going to break down. So we send drones to fly along the lines and then our software will um, pick out all the faults and provide a utility with predictive reports. I see. And all this started with CE246, your sophomore year. So why did you decide to take that class in the first place? Yes. Well, I wanted some more hands-on entrepreneurial experience at Stanford because I think Stanford has so many wonderful entrepreneurship um, opportunities and classes and clubs and things like that, but you really have to seek them out. And so I wanted a hands-on class opportunity, especially something in the more techie entrepreneurial space. And so I decided to take the class, which is where I formed my um, team with Vic and my other co-founders. And did you form that team in the mixers in the quarter before or sort of the first day of class? The first day of class. I was um, pretty last minute, I guess you would say, on deciding on on my team. But when I talked with um, Vic and the other team members, I kind of just felt it. Like you felt the connection between the other team members and that this would work. Definitely. It seemed like the right fit for me. So the first couple of weeks, you have this new team together. What were those first few weeks like? Like I know you had to like go out and do need finding and do you know, interviews, but how did you 
you know, land in this space in the first place? Definitely. So um, Vic, who um, had done his master's uh, degree in civil and environmental engineering, he um, had built a platform that optimized wind turbine placements. And so we knew coming into the class that we wanted to do something with um, drones and inspections and some type of utilities. But um, we found out that the wind market may not have been the biggest burning need. And so that's when we started interviewing power utilities. And we found out that of the 32 utilities we interviewed, that this was a huge need. And so uh, we started customizing our software platform around that. So I guess you could say the first few weeks were really hectic for us. I bet, yeah. Um, We were trying to figure out if we wanted to do the drone inspections ourselves or if we just wanted to focus on the software. And it turned out that our real value add was on the software side of things. Mm. And how many customer interviews did you do during that time? So we did 32. Um, We reached out through the Stanford Alumni Network, which was wonderful because they would connect us with the right people um, within the utility space. And how is the um, mentorship in terms of the professors and the actual team mentor? It was incredible. We had two mentors who were amazing, one of whom is actually still involved in our company. Um, So that's been a really great experience given that he was there from the beginning. Also, the professors were there from day one, um, really helping us uh, provide feedback on what was feasible, what wasn't feasible, um, and giving us direction for where we should look um, with our next steps in our product development, things Mm. like that. Mm -hmm. So this class is obviously like 10 weeks long, right? So um, personally, my team is discussing whether or not we want to take this further. Like I, we've talked to you about this, mm-hmm. but at what point during that class did your team decide, oh, we should actually pursue this after? It was about week five or six, and we sat down. It was right before the gate two um, presentation, which was on our financial modeling. And so we were looking at our margins and looking at all of our customer interviews and said, you know, there seems to be a big enough need for this, and it does seem like we can provide them a solution while also um, generating value and um, pretty good revenue for ourselves. Um, so we decided that if it was going at this rate by week 10 of the course, then we would take it full time. Mm. Um, it wasn't an easy path, but I think that all the signs were leading towards um, this was a needed solution in the market. Mm-hmm. And especially for you, since I'm not sure about your other um, co-founders, but you still had like two more years of Stanford left, mm-hmm. right? So like that must have been you know, a factor in your thinking of whether or not you actually wanted to pursue this? Yeah, so I um, was looking for more opportunities and, like, clubs to get involved in on Stanford's campus anyways at that time, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and when this opportunity came around, I realized that all the resources are here at Stanford, and so I might as well take the chance while I'm here at school, um, while I have all of the network and opportunities that this campus has to offer and just go for it. And um, everything aligned that summer. I didn't have an internship lined up. And so I spent that summer uh, really focusing on it full full and wholeheartedly because we had a lot of work still to be done. I mean, 10 weeks in a class isn't enough to decide if this is a a full business, in all honesty. But um, that summer really told me that this was something that we could pursue afterwards. And so it was a lot of multitasking uh, my junior and senior years, but I think it it was all worth it. Oh, for sure. 
So you started this 2017, right? Yes, that's correct. So summer of 2017, that was when you guys formally incorporated, right? Yes. Okay. And what was that process like? So we, um, right after the course ended in June, we started interviewing several different law firms. And we had been referred to a few different law firms from um, the Stanford Venture Studio, which is a part of the Stanford Graduate School of Business. And so it was it was a matter of finding you know, just the right fit for us as a company with what we were working on on software analytics and also um, with the right legal team that we felt would be there to support us and also would um, help us through this process as this was our our first real startups for for, um, my co-founders and I. And so we spent about a month and a half interviewing different legal teams and eventually decided on ORC. Um, And they've been incredible ever since. They helped us through the incorporation process and um, have helped us with all of our contracts since then. Mm. At the formal incorporation stage, did you have to like figure out like stocks, options, equity, all of that? Yes. And what were those discussions like? Like, how do you sit down with your co-founders and and just lay it out. Like, how, how does that work? Yes, that was actually a part of our first meeting with our legal team. They said, these are some some big barriers that you all need to figure out. And um, we decided to split our shares evenly amongst the founders because we'd all been working on it since the beginning. And we all had a very like great team dynamic, but also had very different skill sets that we brought to the table. And I think that's what made it an easier discussion. But it was helpful for us to have that conversation up front so that we were all on the same page before we incorporated. During the class, you were more of the CFO role, yes. Right? But now you are the CEO. Yes. So, how was that transition like? Um, I think it was right for our company. Um, I had more of the financial background, but also I really enjoyed getting out in front of customers and being the one to pitch and being the one to um, talk with clients face to face. And so. I think of our co-founders, I was the one that was just most comfortable doing that. Everyone has their own pitching styles, and my co-founders are both great at pitching, but I was just the one that was most comfortable getting up and talking in front of people. Um, That, in addition to our negotiations, I also have had a little bit of experience um, with negotiations, and so I have um, really enjoyed that transition to CEO because it does involve more of that on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. And when you say past experience with no negotiating. What do you mean by that? Um, so I had two smaller companies in high school. Um, neither of the companies were large, scalable businesses like this one, but um, they both gave me opportunities to work with buyers or work with customers and um, uh, negotiate for shelf space or for retail space because they were both... Um, one was a prepackaged food company and the other was a jewelry business. And mm. so they were very different, but um, they helped me have a unique skill set to, I think, bring to the table in this tech company, even though I didn't have the technical background. Mm. I see. The person who was the CTO of the team still is on the team, right? Yes, that's correct. What's his background like? So he uh, did his undergraduate in um, computer science, and then he came to Stanford for his master's degree in civil and environmental engineering. And um, he focused on renewable energy and on um, uh, software as well. And then since then, he's worked at Cisco as a data scientist, which um, has helped him with his machine learning computer vision capabilities. When you left the class, it was the three of you guys, right? Yes, that's correct. And the other two members are like from other countries, right? So yes. what was that like working um, in a team environment that was mostly international? I think it was it was actually really great for our company because everyone had such different perspectives and backgrounds. And coming from different cultures, that really helps us um, with a well-rounded perspective. 
the way we've approached our business has been really beneficial. Um, for example, we ended up doing outsourcing um, for our product development, and Vic is from India, and so we ended up outsourcing to India. So he had a lot of really great connections there, um, and. I think it just made it easier for us to um, feel comfortable with the outsourcing process. And then um, my other co-founder, he was also international, and that just brought an incredible um, business perspective because um, he's from South America. So we have talked with a lot of companies um, throughout the course and then since then about how we could incorporate our solution there. I wanted to ask you about the outsourcing. So you know, I know there's some startups who have like an engineering team in-house versus mm -hmm. outsourcing the work. So what made you guys decide to go with the latter option? I think a few things. One, uh, we were really trying to bootstrap on funding and it was very cost effective for us to outsource. But at the same time, we are looking to bring our um, engineering back um, to the States as we continue to grow our team. But we are in the Bay Area and it is quite expensive to hire several software engineers here. So um, it just made sense for us at the time. And what we were looking for from that outsourcing team was pretty straightforward. And from our algorithm perspective, that's something that um, my co founder he built himself and he's been working on but the combination of the two just made our um, development process a lot faster than it could have been and what has been the product timeline so far so you started this in 2017 at what point did you have like an MVP out like v1 v2 yes like, what did that look like so we had our MVP and our prototyping ready uh, the middle of last year and then um, we had our full product ready to deploy by the end of 2018. And so that was really exciting for us because it was um, a longer process, I think, than we anticipated uh, before the product was finished. But that was because of a few factors. One, we were gathering a lot of data from different utilities and research companies. And then we were trying to do more customer research before we ended up building the platform out. Um, we wanted to make it a more customized solution. So we really didn't start to build it until um, early 2018. Oh, wow. So a little bit over a year ago, right? Yes. And Right now, so you're, you're running pilots, right? Yes, that's correct. So how did you reach out to those companies in the U.S., in Canada, to even get in touch with those people? A few different ways. One, um, networking was always a really great um, value to us, especially on Stanford's campus. And then with the alumni network, that was really great. We were also a part of two accelerator programs. One was um, in Columbus, Ohio. And then the other one was here in Sunnyvale, California with Plug and Play. Mm -hmm. And so both of those programs really helped us uh, reach out to the right customers at the right times and find the right um, individual within each utility. Um, we also partnered with a drone service provider. Their name is Lone Drone Solutions. And they're in Canada. And so that helped us branch out to different partnerships and potential customers there as well. Um, and our Canadian market, I think, has been where we've made the most movement, um, given that the regulations are better for us there mm. um, from, a, from a drone perspective. But we're working in both the U.S. and Canada because um, the market's really needed. Mm -hmm. And do you charge for these pilots or are they free? Yes, we charge for our pilots um, because that helps us figure out what customers are willing to pay for our solution and um, how is our how much value are we adding. Mm -hmm. That's that's a huge lesson I've learned in this class is to not go straight to like making your pilot free because you want mm -hmm. it to be an actual valuable thing. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. And how profitable are you guys right now? 
we are not profitable right now. And um, what we've learned through this process is is that's okay. And we're spending a lot of money in order to grow our business and grow our product development, our sales team, our engineering team, um, continue our outreach. So um, the more we put money into that, the faster we're growing. So I think that was the biggest lesson that I had to learn was it's okay not to be profitable day one. That being said, you do need to be profitable on each individual sale that you make. Yes. Um, LTV as- CAC ratio. <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> but as long as you reinvest it into your business, then right. it can be a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And so obviously you're getting some revenue, not necessarily making a profit right now, but do you guys pay yourselves and what does that process look like? Mm-hmm. I, so I will be paying myself this summer Okay. Um, for the first time, which is really exciting. We've been, um, yeah, we've been using <laughs> a lot of our... Um, capital that we've had thus far on uh, developing our product and then also hiring interns and other individuals. So now that I'm taking this on full time, I'm excited to get that chance. Yeah, for sure. That's so cool. And I want to ask, who sits on your board of directors currently? Yes. So um, on our advisory board, we have three individuals. Um, They range in experiences. Um, One has a more technical background in um, software engineering and also management. Our second board of advisors is a more VC-backed. And then um, our third one, she has an expertise in utilities. Oh, wow. So it's like a a power team, a very diverse team. That's the hope. That's the hope. We really want to make sure that our board of advisors has a well-rounded experience. Mm. And for those people who, you know, might not understand the relationship between the board and the entrepreneurs, what does that relationship typically look like? So they provide, it really depends on um, what each member is there to serve um, for. So one of our board of advisors, they are there to um, provide us connections and help us really branch into the industry with the proper customers and um, partnerships. The second one is there to help us with funding. And the third one is there to help us with mentorship and guidance when it comes to um, making the right business decisions. Mm. And what do those meetings typically look like? Are they like, oh, you know, you, you show them your numbers, like, or is it more informal? What, what do those meetings typically look like? I think it really depends. Um, if we're going out to raise around to funding, like we will be upcoming, um, that meeting's going to focus a lot more on our numbers and tightening up our pitch deck and our financials and um, our traction. But um, if it's after we've raised around, it's what milestones are you going to hit? How are you going to get there? What are the benchmarks that you're working on now? And what's your progress on those? Mm. So you said that you, you know, do a lot of the pitching. What are like maybe one or two like secret Caitlin ingredients to a successful pitch? I think that I'm still learning so many things first off on pitching, um, given that, you know, we've only been around two years. There's always something to learn. But um, capturing the value early on in the pitch is something that's really important. Uh, What is the biggest problem that the industry is facing right now? And then how am I... Um, with Buzz going to solve this need. Um, That's the first thing. The second thing is, what is the way that we're going to generate money? Because that's a very important one. Um, And what is the customer willing to pay for this? And what does our revenue model look like? So those are two um, really big things. And then the third thing is, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get to market, deliver our our product? And um, what is that solution ultimately going to look like from Buzz end of things to the customer end of things? Mm. What I noticed in this class is the emphasis on the revenue and the business model, more mm-hmm. so than I realized, mm-hmm. actually, before. 
as CFO, when you were in the class, what sort of resources did you tap into to like learn about, you know, accounts payable, accounts receivable, all of those like really obscure terms? Uh, the internet was <laughs> very helpful on that one. But I think that um, more so it was looking at past um, companies. Like what have they done that was really successful for them or what areas did they have the biggest deficit and how can we learn from those and how can we build our financial modeling around that? Um, we looked at some su successful companies and then companies that were earlier stage and then companies that may be may have not been as successful early on um, and compared and contrasted those and saw, like we'll look at what were the benefits and drawbacks of each. So there's one more question that I want to ask uh, related to Buzz specifically, but uh, have you guys thought about what an exit might look like? Yes. Um, I think that that's always in the back of your mind. You know, from the time you start a company, you have to figure out what is your, your plan for this? What is your one-year, two-year, five-year, ten-year plan? Um, so eventually we would like to be acquired by um, potentially a larger um, software company or maybe a utility. That's been something that we've kind of changed as our company has evolved. Um, obviously, if we made it further than that, that would be incredibly exciting for us. But um, right now we want to add the most value to our to our customers and that's our biggest focus. Why do you think it's important to think about exit opportunity even in the early stages? I think it shapes how you build out your business structure and your business model and the market that you go after. Uh, you have to make sure that you have a, a large enough market that you're tackling and um, also not too large of a market where you, you know you can't even make a dent. So it's finding the, the right values for your target market, which is your beachhead, and then uh, your total addressable market. Mm -hmm. And so those were two things that we really considered. Um, strongly early on and that's how we came to the power industry because there is an incredible burning need and it's also a massive market um, and it's one that we definitely can tap into. And one more question before the fire round. So mm -hmm. if you could, you know, point out two or three things that you've taken away from, you know, these past two years of bus solutions, what would those two or three things be? I think that one, I am always learning, like and I have learned so many things so quickly from this process that I don't think I would have picked up if I hadn't had this experience. Just being thrown into a meeting and um, being the one that is making the decisions is incredibly exciting, and I've learned a lot from that. I think the second thing is to be okay that I won't get everything on my to-do list done in one day because um, I spend so much of my time um, problem solving and um, moving my schedule around to to like further the company. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get to a few items in the bottom of my to-do list, that is okay. Um, right. But it's all about prioritizing and um, managing time. For sure. Um, so now we're going to move on to the fire round where I basically fire you a couple of questions and I want you to answer each of them within 30 seconds. No, okay. no pressure or anything like that. Cool. Um, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm so okay, ready. Cool. Um, most memorable experience at Stanford so far? Uh, definitely my freshman fall was um, a football game. It was Stanford versus Notre Dame. It came down to a last second field goal kick. Oh, wow. We were all uh, holding arms. My entire freshman dorm and I linked in arms. And then um, they kicked the 50-yard field goal. We made it and we all oh, rushed thank goodness. the field. Oh, my God. That's so fun. Incredible. I wish I was there to see that, honestly. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Which freshman dorm were you in? I was in Burbank. Okay. In Stern. That's, that's cool. Closest mentor at Stanford and how you met them? I think a few of them would be um, all of the professors of CEE 246, um, Mike, Ray, and Pedram. They have just been an incredible resource to me throughout the years, and I met them through the class. Mm. 
Uh, favorite place to do work on campus? Uh, the law school library, that little top terrace area. Um, it's so pretty, especially during the day when it's warm and you can see the sunlight through the ivy. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. Awesome. Uh, favorite activity to de-stress on campus? Um, I love going on locks, walks around Lake Log. <laughs> or locks. <laughs> that, too. that works. <laughs> um, walks around Lake Log at sunset um, because it's just so pretty. Oh, my gosh. This like the sunset through the trees and you can see all of the frogs that are like like the hopping. Frogs? Yes. There's baby frogs hopping around the what? side of the lake. It's so cute. Wow. I love it. That's so cool. Would recommend. OK. 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 11 out of 10. <laughs> Most impactful summer internship and why? My sophomore year, um, when I did Buzz for the first summer, that was absolutely incredible. I learned so much that summer. I was traveling um, to Columbus and then here and then um, for all different places for utilities. And I just have never grown as much in any summer as I did that summer. In terms of just like personal or like professional both? Both. I think that um, it was the first time that I had to be the one in the center of the meeting, like running the meeting. And so that taught me a lot of lessons on how to carry myself professionally, but also how to deal with the overwhelming stress of a startup. Um, And that was my first taste of it. And Mm -hmm. so from a personal level, I grew a lot too. Mm. One piece of advice you give for students on campus who might want to start something? I think you should do it. If you have... um, any type of idea or a team, um, I think that like Stanford is the best place to do it um, because you learn so much by doing a startup. And if it fails, uh, I mean, what they call it, like a failed entrepreneur here is experience. Right. Um, <laughs> and um, I think that there's just so many lessons that you learn from that, that there's only positives that come out of a, an entrepreneurial experience at Stanford. Mm, absolutely. Where do you see Buzz Solutions going and what are the next steps for Caitlin albert <laughs> I um, am so excited to work on this full time because I think that I've waited for two years now to get this chance. And so the next few years are going to be really exciting time of growth. We're hiring, which is exciting. Um, and How many people are you guys bringing on or uh, hoping to bring on? We're hoping to bring on four okay. So um, between now and the end of the fall. So that's going to be a big push for us. But also it's really exciting because we're also fundraising at this point in time. And so... Um, just getting out there in front of the right VCs and angel investors and pitching what Buzz is about is exciting to me. And quick question on the four people. So what roles would you hope that they would fill? Uh, software engineering. So we're hoping to hire three software engineers and then one project manager. And then this winter, we're bringing on somebody for sales. Oh, wow. That's so exciting. Thank you. Well, best of luck, Caitlin. I'm so excited to see where Buzz goes. Um, It was great to have you on the couch. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. Thanks again, Caitlin, for coming on the couch. I'm excited to see where she goes with Buzz Solutions. Check out their website at buzzsolutions.co. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. If you've got any feedback, suggestions, questions, or any existential thoughts, write to me at cj98 at stanford.edu. Lastly, wherever you're listening, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This will be the last episode of Season 1 as we head out for the summer, but make sure to tune in for Season 2 in early October. I'm Catherine Jang, and you've been listening to The Founder's Couch. Have a great summer, and see y'all soon!